2: Welcome back Bears fans to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host Will DeWitt and this is our week 14 Bears Cowboys preview show. Of course, I have my co-host Nicholas Moriano right alongside me. Well, a few hundred miles away, but you know what I mean. The two of us were ready to break down everything you need to know before this week's Thursday night matchup against the Dallas Cowboys and Nick. The Vikings did exactly what we needed them to do last night, and they lost to Seattle, which helps the Bears in those very slim but still very much real playoff chances. So everything's kind of you know, doing what we need to do, and we can still have hope for another week, right?
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you said everything's going the way that we need to. Uh, Olin Cruz tweeted out a funny tweet yesterday, just dominoes falling. And I just thought it was the funniest thing, man. I replied to him like, hey, This is this is a great tweet. And then he replied, but they're all kind of falling into place. Well, and the Bears, now they just need to take care of business. Yeah, absolutely. A big
2: game. Well, it's pretty much playoff mode from this point forward for the Bears. If they need to win out in order to give themselves a chance to make the postseason and, you know, a big game here against the Cowboys. So let's go ahead. And get started and we'll begin this week's preview by discussing the Chicago Bears offense that's coming off one of its most productive games of the season and let's start on the ground and with the Bears rushing attack since we usually kind of shy away from it. Chicago was able to put up 88 total rushing yards as a team against Detroit, which, as we mentioned, uh, they're doing a good job at stopping the run, Detroit was, over the last month, but the Bears found a way to get it done. And perhaps more importantly, David Montgomery had 75 of those yards, and he averaged almost five yards per carry, as it was one of the more productive games for him this season. Now looking at Dallas, they rank in the middle of the pack. They allow about 106 yards per game on the ground and 4.1 yards per rush. Now, Nick, I don't know about you, but I get a little bit excited when I see what the Cowboys and they've allowed 100 plus rushing yards in eight of their last nine games. And the only team that wasn't able to reach 100 was the Jets, who have the worst rushing attack in all football right now. So what should we expect from the Bears on the ground this week? Can we actually say they can have back to back decent performances?
3: You know, I think we can because we weren't really expecting a good performance against Detroit with given their run defense and how it was faring this season. But this Dallas team is just not the same one that started off this season. Now six and six, just like the Bears. And that defense isn't as dominant. And I think what the Bears should do and what worked for the Bills just last week or last Thursday on Thanksgiving was when they pulled their offensive lineman and got them out in space to kind of block some of these uh, Cowboys linebackers that boded well for the Buffalo Bills. So I think that is a strength, somewhat of a strength for the Bears and their offensive linemen because they're still trying to find their way and start trying to stack games together. But I think if the Bears can do that, kind of get their linemen out in space, that's going to create opportunities for David Montgomery and Tariq Cohen and see if they can build off another, a, you know, another good rushing performance in back-to-back weeks.
2: And it's very important for the Bears to establish a run, and really for many reasons, and we'll get to that soon, but uh, Dallas are very good against pass, long story short. But looking at the Bears specifically, they're 3-1 when they run the ball 25 or more times in a game. They're 6-2 when they rush at least 20 times, which has been kind of our magic number on the podcast for years, Nick. 20 seems to be that. You know, that Goldilocks zone for the Bears, 6-2 and two when they reach that. And when they run for less than 20 times in a the game, they're 0-4 so far this season. So obviously, if the Bears can find a way to establish a run effectively and stick to it, uh, they should find some success, and speaking of keeping at it, sticking to it, they need to do it in this game because the Cowboys, they allow the third most explosive plays on the ground in the NFL, and that's plays of rushes of 10 or more yards, the third most, and it doesn't happen you know, all the time, but teams run on them, they keep at it, they stick with it, and they're able to bust one or two for a pretty decent game, so the Bears need to find a way to stick to it. This week, looking at Dallas and their defense specifically, Nick, and you're looking at the last couple of weeks and they've been pretty much exploited on the ground. Uh, Is it probably, I
1: mean, I know. Does a robot know you like a neighbor? Insurance corporation will fulfill requests to cover anyone, anything, anytime, anywhere with most standard algorithm in the order it was received. Please hold. Robots don't know you. We do. At Farm Bureau Financial Services, Getting the insurance coverage you need always starts with a conversation. Find a Farm Bureau agent at fbfs.com protect. It's your future. Let's protect it.
2: They're dealing with injuries, but the one to Vander Esch is probably the one that's hurting this defense a ton, right?
3: Yeah, he's a great player. Just a guy that you know does a lot of good things for their defense, and they do have Sean Lee, who's a ve- a veteran player, but he just is not the same type of player as a Van Der Esch, and looks like a- a- he is labeled out. Is that correct for for Thursday's mm-hmm. game? So a- again, it's a big loss, but they played without him last week. I thought Sean Lee filled in you know, well, but he is in a Van Der Esch and they obviously drafted him in that first round to be that guy that kind of solidifies the middle of the defense. But that is a big blow to you know the Cowboys defense. And likewise for the Bears, they're missing Dane Trevathan. So both teams going through similar absences of not having that linebacker. Yeah, and
2: last week what we saw against the Lions was, you know, not a you know, we talked they just kind of kept at it. That's just gonna be my theme. You saw Montgomery You know, a couple of short play games, but then he was able to bust one and bust two in some very key situations, which helped the Bears in their passing game, which we'll get to in just a moment. But first, a real quick timeout to let you know of our show sponsor, Wrigleyville Sports. Wrigleyville sports is one of the premier Chicago sports merchandise stores in the city and their goal is to bring the city of Chicago team gear happiness directly to the fans. So if you're looking for any of the latest bears gear, they have it from hats and sunglasses to t-shirts and jerseys. Make sure to check out WrigleyvilleSports.com, And like I mentioned, they have quite the selection of some holiday merch and they're getting more and more as we're now in December, like bears ornaments Gift tag. So if you're looking to make a festive Chicago Bears-themed Christmas, definitely check out WrigleyVilleSports.com, and we can get you 15% off and free shipping on your order. Use our promo code Audible, and again, that gets you 15% off and free shipping on any order of $25 or more. So you really can't beat this deal. Again, head over to WrigleyVilleSports.com, use that promo code Audible, A-U-D-I-B-L-E, and that gives you 15% off and free shipping on any order or more at WrigleyVilleSports.com. All right, Nick, let's go ahead and move over to the Bears passing game. Mitch Trubisky is coming off his third three-touchdown game and his first 300-yard passing performance of the season, and we got a ton of production from guys like Allen Robinson, Anthony Miller in the process. Now, Dallas, they have the NFL's ninth best pass defense. They only allow 215 yards per game on average, but the defense hasn't been overly advantageous when it comes to generating turnovers. The Cowboys ranked dead last in the NFL in interception percentage with only four interceptions on the year. And when you're looking at their pass rush, I would call it, you know, pretty damn good. They average 2.7 sacks per game, which is, you know, middle of the pack, but they're near a top of the league in quarterback pressures. Now this is one of those weeks where the Bears, I don't think, need to blow us out of the water statistical-wise through the year, but they just need to find a way to to be effective so Nick over to you what are going to be some of your keys this week towards finding some of that success as needed through the year
3: yeah well so I was able to watch the just that Bills and Cowboys game and the one guy that kept sticking out for bad on that Cowboys defense was number I think it's 27 Jordan Lewis a guy that he's going to play that nickel corner Cole Beasley absolutely tore him up In that game against uh, on Thanksgiving, six receptions, 110 yards and a touchdown. And according to Pro Football Focus, Jordan Lewis's coverage grade was 37.4, which is the worst that he's had all season. And this is something that's been kind of consistent with Lewis over the past two weeks, at least. He against New England just a week prior to that. It was 48.9. So he hasn't been good in coverage regardless if it's a bad weather game that was like in New England a couple weeks ago or indoors at Dallas. So this is a matchup that I absolutely love Anthony Miller to take advantage of. Because if Cole Beasley can just torch Jordan Lewis, imagine what Anthony Miller coming off a career high in yards, just a career high um, in terms of just being in chemistry and in sync with Trubisky. This is the matchup where I think the Bears can absolutely exploit. We saw Matt Nagy actually go to that. And again, it was against Detroit with Coleman, one of the better nickel corners in the league from uh, Seattle, which Detroit got in the offseason. If the Bears can exploit that matchup, And I think they can because Anthony Miller is a better player than Cole Beasley. And Mitch Trubisky and Miller clearly have that chemistry. This is the one they have to take advantage of. And I really like this matchup coming into this game.
2: Did you like, I like this, I want to get your opinion here, how Matt Nagy after the game and this week was talking about Miller's performance and wasn't really trying to talk it up so much. And yeah, he had good production, but there's still a lot that he needs to continue to work on. And we talked about Anthony Miller ever since he came out of college. Like he has a big, you know, he's a very big egotistical kind of guy. He plays with an edge. And I think this is smart of Nagy to kind of make sure, you know, don't give Miller a big head or get him too confident or too complacent. That way he goes out there to continue to try to prove it
3: each week, right? You know, I think Miller already has a big head. He's always very confident in himself, (laughs) which is great. And I think just as of late, the play is backing it up as well. So it's great that Matt Nagy, I think he just expects even more from Anthony Miller. He still hasn't caught a touchdown yet this season, Will. So that's the next step. And I think this is just a matchup where if that pass rush for the, the Dallas Cowboys isn't as dominant as it was maybe earlier on in the season, This is where you take advantage of it, and Matt Nagy has shown just in a couple weeks now where he has found the weakness in a defense. You go back to, I forget the the guy's name on the Giants who they kept targeting with Allen Robinson. The Bears took advantage of that matchup. They took advantage of Coleman with with the Detroit Lions. This is the the matchup you have to take advantage of, and the Bears had the players to do just that. So I think you keep it level-headed for Anthony Miller. He's going to go out there, do what he does, and get some good yard, get some good production.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and another cornerback in this team, I know as a team, uh, Dallas is really good against the pass, but uh, the cornerback, uh, he's averaging 15 yards per catch on the year. He's averaging a pretty decent uh, completion rate against only about 60% of the passes that are thrown his way are caught. But a guy like Alan Robinson who could win those contested catches, this is another matchup that I would be going towards as well. And most teams, when you're looking at Dallas, they're finding success um, against some of those linebackers We mentioned Vander Esch won't be playing. So Jalen Smith, who's a very good football player, you can find a way uh, to get him in some space and get a running back on him and have him chasing. And I can see uh, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen being a good matchup in that regard. But Dallas – due to their ability to get a lot of pressure with their front four, and it's Rod Melanelli Rod Melinelli down there in Dallas, they're going to be running a lot of Tampa 2. So Trubisky's going to be seeing a lot of zone, and that's something that historically Trubisky has struggled against is zone defenses and zone defenses that can get pressure with their front four. So this is going to be a big test, but do you think this is one where if they kind of keep up the same attitude they've had over the last couple of weeks of you know, picking their shots, being smart with the football, that this should be, hopefully, a minimal challenge?
3: You know, it's it's going to be a great challenge, actually, when you look at it. Because, again, that is something that Mitch Trubisky really struggles with or struggled with this season. And I think what can really help him and what Josh Allen did a really good job of is using his feet, whether it is when the pocket is collapsing, taking those yards that the defense has given you. But there was this one play where it looks like Josh Allen is about to just break away and run, just run outside the pocket and get yards with his legs, but he steps up towards the line of scrimmage that brings up the linebackers. He finds Cole Beasley right behind him. The linebackers have to respect that as a running quarterback. You have to respect Mitch's legs. I know he hasn't done it a lot this season, but if Mitch can bring that element to it, you could break apart a zone defense just like that. So I'm expecting that if the bears want to be successful in this one against the zone coverages and the aggressive defense that the Cowboys have, You need to get Mitch on the move, and we've seen what Matt Nagy has done with play action and just all that, that Mitch Trubisky is a lot better when he gets his legs involved. Exactly, and I mean, that's the
2: great thing about having a mobile quarterback. I mean, it's dangerous against man because everyone's back's turned into quarterbacks, so that allows a lot of room for the QB to run. But like you mentioned, with the zone, it sucks them up. It takes them out of their zone. It takes them out of the area where they're supposed to protect. And if Trubisky can do that and bait some of these guys to step up, there should be some larger windows with some of these receivers crossing over the field and presenting themselves to Trubisky. It's a really good point there, Nick. So looking at the big picture here, I want to know if you had to boil it down, Nick, what would be perhaps the one element of the Cowboys defense that worries you the most?
3: You know, I mean, I think you talked about it earlier before we even went live. It's really, it's staying ahead of the chains, but it's really third down. Can the bears really convert on the the key down there? And I think the bears did a really good job just avoiding that down in general against the Detroit lions on Thanksgiving, but with getting those big plays, Anthony Miller on Robinson, things like that. But, Dallas, they can't get after the quarterback. And the biggest thing for me, can that Bears offensive line that does a pretty good job during pass pass protection, can they hold up against this front seven for the Dallas Cowboys? That's my biggest concern because completely different. Dallas is a completely different team when that pass rush is effect. just like any defense. But mm-hmm. really, when you get pressure on Trubisky, is he going to make that bad throw? But that's my biggest concern. Can this Bears offensive line with Cornelius Lucas at right tackle, guys like that, Can they hold up against this front seven for the the Cowboys?
2: Cool. I appreciate when you just take words out of my mouth. I mean, we do it all the time here on the show, but in this section, in my notes, I have number one, worried about pressure in all caps. Robert Quinn versus Charles Leno Jr. Quinn has 10 sacks this year. Cornelius Lucas going up against Demarcus Lawrence, who has five sacks this season. And you mentioned it because when teams play zone, if the pass rush gets there and it gets there often... There's nowhere to throw that football. Trubisky has to make ultra-fast decisions, and we've seen that not really bode well for the Bears on offense. That's usually when the three and outs start to happen. And you mentioned the third-down defense. Cowboys are first, well, third in the NFL on third down at 32.45% allowed, and the Bears, of course, 29th in the NFL. They haven't been converting. They're one of the worst teams in terms of the amount of three and outs this season. So really – the Bears need to find any way, but I don't care if they run the ball. I, I, okay, I want them to run the ball, but I don't care what they need to do, but don't get yourself in third and long. Keep it in third and less than six, and we talked about it on Thanksgiving. They did a really good job against Detroit, staying out of third down altogether, only 10 third downs that entire game they faced, and you're able to convert on 50% of those, but that's the Lions' defense. This is a Cowboys' defense as much more sound on that money down. So this is a big key, two big keys. And you took them right out of my mouth. Anything else, either on Dallas's defense or the bears on offense this week.
3: You know what? This is, uh, I guess really doesn't, it does have something to do with the game, but I went to funks barbershop just yesterday and I was talking to my barber and he's really close with some of the guys that he cuts the hair for, for a lot of the bears players, but he said he, he's going to talk to Matt Nagy, which is today and tell him to put Cordero Patterson at tight end. I think that's something that you can maybe at least line him up there. I want to see a little bit more Cordero Patterson in this offense because when he's out there, it's usually, as a decoy, you know the play's not going to him. He's been a, a great player on special teams. But it would be nice to see some production from Cordero Patterson actually in this offense, kind of what we were all envisioning coming into the season. But just know, if you see Cordero Patterson at tight end, got to thank my barber at some point. What an easy haircut that would be. I can do that one. I- yeah, seriously. It's not uh not really much, but hey, it he makes it look sharp on game days.
2: Now I already mentioned third down, so I guess this is just the red zone section right now. Uh the Bears on offense, middle of the pack, as they've as they've been all year long, right there at fourteenth with a fifty nine point three eight touchdown percentage. And the Cowboys defense, Nick, uh, they're seventh in the NFL, uh, 47.62. So even when teams get down inside the 20, they tighten up just like they do on third down and they make it difficult for offenses. So this is really, you know, red zone execution, avoiding third down or succeeding on third down are going to be some really big challenges for the Bears. And to me, the keys to overcome it. One, find a way to establish the run or at least make the run respectable. And then two, like you mentioned, you need to have some patience against his zone defense, which all comes back to the pass protection as well. All right, it's so time to find out who has the edge, and we're going to share the first one, Bears offensive line
3: versus that Cowboys pass rush. This is uh, I think, man, this is a tough one because the Bears offensive line pass blocking has been a lot better, and we've seen also the running game kind of start to, A little bit, you know, get going a little bit, but I just I have to give it to the Cowboys. They have some really good players on there. We didn't even mention Michael Bennett, uh, you know, a veteran Mm -hmm. who's also on that side of the line. I know he had like a he was I don't know yelling, shouting match just on Thanksgiving Day in the locker room there with with the Cowboys. But I think they just have too many guys on that side, so I have to give it to Dallas.
2: Yeah, Dallas as well. Really good across the edge, some decent guys in the middle as well. Like I said, all season they've been very good at. Getting pressure with just four, they don't often have to send a blitz. And to me, the ability to do that without sending the extra guys against this Bears offensive line that has been better, but they're still not overly great, is an easy one here to give over to the Cowboys. Nick, right back to you for that Bears passing game versus the Cowboys secondary. I like
3: this Bears passing attack against, you know, look, we're taking out the the Cowboys pass rush. We're just looking at the secondary players. I have to give it to the Bears and just what they've been able, what they were able to do to Detroit. You want to see that carry over. And like I said, I talked up Anthony Miller. I'm expecting a really big game out of him come Thursday. So I'm going to have to give it to this Bears passing attack.
2: Bears passing attack. I want to know real quick on that token. Taylor Gabriel still in concussion protocol. You okay with having more whims out there this week, just like we saw on last Thursday?
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think whims, whenever it seems like whims is catching a ball, it's usually for a bigger kind of play. It's like not a 8-yard game. It's like a 10 to 15. It's in that you know medium-sized range there. He just has to stay away from the illegal blocks in the back. He had two of them on Thanksgiving Day.
2: Yeah, well, I'm not going to talk about officiating on the podcast, but it's it's okay. It's okay. All right, let's go ahead and get into the X Factor here. Oh, wait, I have one more to go. And also, uh, someone, Manny on Periscope, says that you're just not into the podcast as much anymore. Who, me? Yeah, you.
3: What do you mean? I don't don't even know what that means. I'm I'm not into it, you guys. I didn't do all this prep for... Well, I did it for nothing, apparently.
2: (laughs) Apparently so. (laughs) Uh, One last edge here real quick. Bears ground game, Cowboys run defense. I think if the Bears stick with it, and I'm capitalizing stick here, they need to stay with it. I think they could run it effectively enough to call it a quote success. Dallas has a very good front. We've talked about it, but they've shown they can be pushed around a little bit. No Van Der Esch is going to help. Sean Lee is good, but he's a little bit older. He's dealing with a pec injury as well. So for me, if the Bears can find a way to reach that second level and get a hat on Jalen Smith, I think we're in business here. So I'm going to give it to the Bears and just buy the slightest of edges. And now... Finally, X-Factor, and I'll go ahead and begin because mine's David Montgomery in a run game. Just mentioned how important it is. It's been kind of my theme throughout the beginning here of this preview. This is not a game where Mitch can drop back to throw 35, 45 times, and we're going to end up winning this ball game. There's just no way that's possible. So we have to find a way to establish a run. So for me, that's going to be David Montgomery and, in general,
3: the running attack. How about you? I'm I'm going with my guy. That I've been talking about all day. It's uh, going to be Anthony Miller. I think in turn when we just don't want to see this be a one kind of game instance where he take goes off and is productive for the Bears. This should be continuing, and we've seen it kind of continue for the past couple games. But I really, I just really like the matchup in this one, Will. So I think when it comes down to when Trubisky has always looked to Allen Robinson to be that guy. I think this game, it's going to be Anthony Miller, especially over the middle. That's where the zone is usually the softest between those two high safeties. Go there. He's going to be a security blanket for him all game. I'm trying to
2: think. I think it was this season. I think it was earlier on. You had a couple of rants about Anthony Miller, didn't you? I sure did. I
3: said that they didn't have chemistry <laughs> in the beginning, which They, they, did they it, didn't though. It's true. They didn't. And now now it looks like it they 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 got something there for sure. All right, Manny
2: now says that we're awesome. So you're back in the podcast, Nick. There you go. Thank All right, let's let's go ahead and turn our attention to the Bears defense and let's see how they stack up against the Cowboys top 10, top 5 offense depending on where you're kind of splicing this thing up. And let's be consistent this week, and let's look at that Cowboys rushing attack. They ranked ninth in rushing attempts, 8th in total yards in the ground with 1,531, and 9th in yards per carry, averaging 4.1 yards per pop. And it's not just Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, Tony Pollard, he gets his fair share of touches as well. The two backs average over 100 yards combined per game. I will say most of their production came earlier in the season, and they haven't been in their same groove since their bye week just about a month ago. Bears defense are allowing 108 yards per game on the ground over their last three. A respectable number, but not as dominant as they once were here. And we have one more week until Keem Hicks comes back, and then we can probably see that number get back to where we envision it and where we expect it. But, Nick, what's your confidence in the Bears defense to stop Zeke and company on Thursday night?
3: It's going to be a tall task and one that's going to take all 11 guys, especially on that defense. But it does get a little easier because uh, according to Todd Archer, ESPN writer for the Cowboys, Tony Pollard actually didn't practice because he suffered an ankle injury and his the uh, game status – for Thursday is up in the air, whether or not he's going to play. And like you said, he does get some of those carries there in Dallas. It's not just all Zeke, even though he's the highest paid running back, but that is a big blow because I think Tony Pollard, it was a guy that I was looking at for possibly the Bears to draft. He's a guy that can catch the ball in the backfield, but it's going to take all 11 guys. If you're out of your lane for one, for one split second, Ezekiel Elliott's one of those kind of backs that will exploit it. And it's really because that offensive line for the Cowboys they do such a good job, Will, of when they're on the move and getting to certain spots that zone blocking, they just they 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 really have almost perfected it. That's why Ezekiel Elliott's able to have the yardage. Able, that's why he's paid to be one of the the highest paid running back, because he has an offensive line that could block for him and he knows how to hit the holes when they're open. Now, do you want to know why I
2: have a little bit of confidence though, on top of Powder being out? Why is that? All right, well, Elliott's most productive this season when he's rushing towards the right side, especially off tackle. And over there, it's over five yards per carry this season. Who usually is on that
3: side, on that edge? God, I, you know, maybe it's – is it is it Mac? No, it's Isaiah <laughs> Irving. No, that's, yeah, it's call Mack. Oh, Mac. God.
2: <laughs> yeah, that no, makes
3: it difficult to run.
2: Yeah, I mean, Mac being there, I mean, if that's where their bread-and-butter plays are, right where Mac's at. Mac doesn't have to make the tackle. He's just gonna eat up multiple blockers and allow Roquan Smith and Nick Kwiatkowski, a Kyle Fuller, and Eddie Jackson, a Ha Clinton Dix, who have you, to run in, fill that gap, and make that tackle. So for me, that again, the Bears should be forcing the Cowboys to try to beat them another way that isn't their strength. And this is something they've gone to all season all season long. So it really should help slow down that rushing tack just a bit. So just a small little a it there that really should go a long way for the Bears in this one, uh, finding a way to move them from the right side over to the left where their production takes a decent dip. And in between the tackles is hit and miss per most running backs. But uh, this is a game where you do wish you have a key Hicks up in the middle here to really take care of business. But the Bears should overall find a way to at least limit Ezekiel Elliott, what kind of game, and again, I know game flow and how the scoring goes matters, but what kind of game would you live with from Zeke this game? Like, obviously he could have a hundred yards, but still not, you know, reach the end zone, but what kind of game would you uh, live with at like maybe worst case
3: scenario? You know, I think the thing is with the Cowboys, if Zeke gets going, that play-action pass is just so much more effective for Dak Prescott. Guys have to cheat in and kind of come up, and those safeties are probably going to be playing in the box a lot this game to try and stop this run. But what can I live with? I could live with Zeke not being very effective this game. I think that's the best way the Bears are going to, you know, get out of Soldier Field with a victory because I think if he gets going – this Dallas offense really does have a lot of weapons and they mm-hmm. they have the most yards in the NFL total offense. They're number one, but they just are not the same team when it comes to the red zone. I know you probably have the stats on that. will, but it's just, you can't allow Zeke to get going. So I think for me personally, they need to sh- not shut him down. That's a tough, t- that's a tough task to do, but they need to limit the big runs, the big plays, not allow these offensive linemen to get to Nick Wachowski and, and Roquan Smith, mm-hmm. because if that happens, holes are going to widen up, Zeke's going to have running lanes, and it's going to be really tough to stop this offense.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned red zone, so I'll throw the stat out here real quick. Like you said, they have the most yards in the NFL, but once they reach inside the 20, they tend to stall. They're 17th in the NFL in terms of scoring touchdowns in the red zone. Only 54% of those possessions end up in six points, and they've also had, and we'll talk about the third phase in a bit, but they also have some kicking problems that don't even make those chances, you know, field goals half the time. So that's voting well for the Bears, and this Bears defense that does a lot of bending, not breaking, that may just play right into our favor, where Dallas can get a decent amount of yards, but this Bears defense, at the end of the day, won't break. And hopefully that's the case here. But let's move over to the Dallas passing attack. And don't look now, but they do rank first in yards this season. They're the only team in the NFL that averages over 300 yards per game through the air. That's at 305. Dak Prescott, he's been throwing well all season long. Amari Cooper, his go-to guy. Obviously, he's a threat. Then you have Michael Gallup, who's really shown out this year. Tight end Jason Witten coming out of retirement, still being very productive. And then, of course, Zeke Elliott, a very vital factor in this passing game as well. But even with all the success, one glaring weakness that I see on top of the red zone stalling has been the turnovers for Dak Prescott. He has his sixth most interceptions with 11 thrown this year. So, Nick, what must the Bears defense do to hold Dak in check?
3: You know, what the Bills did a really good job of is just disguising some of those blitzes they sent at Dak. There was one where they had, it was a second and 10 play. It was a double B gap blitz, but the safety blitzing was a little bit delayed and that threw Dak completely off. They had a screenplay set up. You would think that would work, but Dak just holds onto the ball a little bit too long. A defensive lineman ends up picking him off, but I guess it's going to be really trying to confuse Dak Pre snap and then bring something that he's just not expecting. Really, in that game against the Bills, Dak should have been picked off realistically three times total, but the Bills had two bad penalties on two interceptions that Dak threw, and I don't think those penalties affect the play. So, like you mentioned, he's turnover prone. He will give you the ball, and this Bears defense they're still looking to kind of get into the turnover aspect of becoming the defense we all know and remember of last season. So this would be a great opportunity at home to kind of get that going because Dak Prescott is a guy who's prone to giving the football away.
2: Yeah, he is. And it happens with a lot of pressure as well. I was looking at the pressure and at first I was like, geez, this is an elite offense line and not to say they're not really good, but I wouldn't classify them as elite here. Prescott, Uh, He's been pressured on a pretty average rate, uh, 34% of his throws, which is like middle of the pack. Uh, But I noticed that they were sacked, I think, the uh, least in the NFL, only at 3.5% of all of his throws. So when I saw that 3.5%, I was like, damn, we're in trouble because we know what this Bears pass rush has been kind of MIA and very inconsistent this season. But then I saw that he gets uh, pressured, you know, an average rate, so I have a little bit more confidence. And then when I saw that his pass rating drops to a 73 when he's under pressure, got me a little bit more confident. And then when I saw that six of his 11 interceptions this season have came when he's under pressure, kind of helped me a little bit more. So a big key here towards stopping Dak Prescott is getting pressure and forcing him to make those tough decisions. And like you mentioned, he's going to give some of that Bears defense who need.
1: Finally a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds meet the ergo smart base from temper pedic our first system that detects snoring then automatically adjusts by raising the bed get your best sleep all night every night for a limited time save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep undisturbed sleep of temper pedic get full offer details at temperpedic.com
2: needs to find a way to get these turnovers that they just haven't been here this season, the Bears should have a couple of chances to get some of those takeaways in this game. All right, so I mentioned a minute ago, and you've mentioned it, everyone knows it, they have a lot of playmakers on this offense. So looking at all those playmakers, any matchups worthy you the most, I say that knowing it has to be a Cooper, right?
3: It has to be. And I think a big thing for this game, Will, is the status of Prince of Mucamora, who's mm-hmm. looking like he, more and more that he's going to be out this game. And I was listening to ESPN 1000 coming back from work today, and Jeff Dickerson, the Bears ESPN reporter, was saying that most likely it's going to be Buster screen moving outside and Tolliver to the inside, which was – I and I made sure I heard that right – but that if that's the case look buster screen has been a really good corner nickel corner for the bears all season i really liked how he's played but amari cooper and on buster screen or you know that is a matchup that i don't like and if that comes to fruition come thursday that's something that they the Bears have to be mindful of. I don't know if you can go as much single-high safety just because you need to have those two deep threats. And Gallup's a guy that can make big plays as well. That's a huge loss for the Bears. And I know Prince did not have a good game on Thanksgiving. He gave up two of those touchdowns. Well, we still don't know what, what the first one was with the coverage breakdown. But you don't want to have that happen. I'm still kind of curious to see if that will be Kevin Tolliver moving to the outside and keeping Screen at his natural nickel position. But that's huge for the Bears because the the Cowboys have weapons. They can score. They can move the ball. We all know the red zone kind of difficulties there. But if that's the case, watch out. Let's see what these Cowboys can actually do on offense because Buster Screen, way better at the nickel than he is going to be on the outside.
2: Huh. I'm just thinking yeah. that through. It doesn't make sense. Why would you take a guy out of where he's been succeeding and then throw Kevin Tolliver, who's an experience, into a new position because he primarily plays outside corner? We In all of training camp, I never saw the dude yeah. line up in the nickel one time.
3: No, that's and that's what I was thinking too as I'm listening to Jeff Dickerson. And look, he's been on the podcast before. He knows his stuff. But when he said that, I'm like, oh, that's a problem because I mm-hmm. don't want Kevin Tolliver. To- Tolliver doesn't have the hip mo- mobility movement to really function in that nickel spot. So he needs to
2: help at the boundary. He needs to help to be like an extra defender for him. If he's tasked in the slot, we're in trouble.
3: Yeah, yeah, I don't like that at all. So we'll see if that actually happens come Thursday, and we'll see if you know Prince can you recover from that hamstring. But that is a key key matchup on uh, you know going to this game on Thursday night.
2: And regardless of who's on uh, Cooper, if the Bears play some man coverage here, that's a tough matchup because Cooper's such a great route runner. He can stop on a dime. And Dallas, they've been finding a lot of success with him on slants, comebacks, curls, anything that involves quick breaks. He's able to get some immediate separation. And even if a defender's on him, he has you know the great knack of c- coming down with a lot of those contested balls. But, yeah, I mean, Mari Cooper is the big obvious guy here. I think Jason Witten doesn't really – bother me i think he'll get his looks he'll get some yards but guys like a nick Wachowski, a ha ha clinton Dix, and roquan
3: smith from time to time i mean that, that should be fine right yeah so the only thing with jason Wayne obviously doesn't have the speed that he once had or he's not he, he's older he's an old guy but he's savvy though well on just in that bills game he sells like he's blocking just on a, a typical run play but he releases out the linebacker completely forgets about him it's an easy completion over the middle. That's what Nick Kwiatkowski, Roquan Smith, obviously being some of the younger players still, they need to be wary of a Jason Wynn and all these little savvy veteran moves that they like to put on people. But like something as simple as faking the run, faking the run blocking, then going out for a simple pass, the linebackers for the Bears have to be aware of that because it worked against the Bills just last Thursday.
2: I was going to say it was the Bills, and this is the Bears' defense, but the Bills have been... Decent They're this pretty season. solid. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving forward here, looking down. Oh, do you have anything else on Dallas in offense or the Bears on defense this week?
3: No, I think that's a big thing. Just the Prince of Mookamora status, who's going to be playing outside corner. But I think just to hit on this again, the the offensive linemen for the Cowboys love to get out in space, whether it's screens, zone blocking. They love, love to pull their guards. If they are able to get in the right spots on this Bears defense, they're not stopping Ezekiel Elliott. I'll tell you that right now. They know how to move as a unit, know where they need to be. And that's going to be huge coming into this game, whether the Bears can just disrupt them a little bit to stop Ezekiel Elliott from getting those rushing lanes. But that's going to be a huge thing as well to keep mindful of.
2: Uh, The only other one I have, and I'm sure that you and I are just suffering from a small case of amnesia ever since he left the division, but don't sleep on Randall Cobb, who's always had the Bears number his entire career. Uh, I don't like talking about him, and I'm glad that we don't really see him as often as we once have, Uh, but someone else that could be a big player this week, and you mentioned it, if you put a Kevin Tolliver in a slot and he's on Cobb, That seems like a terrible, terrible idea. I'd rather have Buster in that position. I think he would do a much more uh, efficient job in covering down uh, Randall Cobb there. But looking at red zone and third down, I already mentioned red zone, so we're already good there. Again, just in case you forgot, the Cowboys are 17th on offense, scoring in the red zone with the Bears on defense, or 13th. And on third down, the Bears defense, 7th best in the NFL, only allowing teams to convert on about 34.6%. And the Cowboys offense, and this is a big reason why they're able to move the ball so effectively, they have the best third down offense in the NFL, moving the chains on 48.98% of all third downs. And it really is a combination of uh, you know, great running and getting yourself in third and manageable situations. And of course, execution on those plays as well. So for the Bears, getting the Cowboys stopped on third down will be a challenge. But if any defense can do it, the Bears defense is definitely one of them. All right, time so to find out who has the edge. I got the Bears pass rush versus that Cowboys offensive line, and this one's tough. I mentioned it. I'm kind of torn because they don't allow a ton of sacks. Again, only getting sacked on 3.5% of throws, which is the NFL's best by a decent amount. But again, they also allow a, a, a all right amount of pressure, and so that's going to help. But it really depends on what I'm going to call a success. I'm going to give the edge to the Cowboys here just because we've seen this pass rush disappear. And I don't envision sacking Prescott a lot, but I do hope the pressure, even if it's not with the front four, if you bring in a Roquan Smith, a Nick Kwiatkowski, uh, a Buster Screen from time to time, and Eddie Jackson just to throw different looks at him to make speed up that clock, that would be a great step. But just pure offensive line versus that Bears front four, I'm going to have to give the edge here to the Cowboys. Over to you, Nick,
3: for the Bears' run defense versus that Cowboys' ground game. You know what? This is going to be, I think, the matchup that makes or breaks and whoever wins this game will win this matchup. But I really like how Eddie Goldman's been playing and also Nick Williams on the interior for that Bears' defensive line. And they're gonna, it's going to be their job to really disrupt any of the timing plays that the, the Cowboys have in terms of getting their run blocking set up. So I know that the Cowboys have a good offensive line. I know the Bears haven't been as good. But if the Bears... The, the Bears need this victory, so they need to stop the run. I'm going with the Bears in this one. All right,
2: and of course, for us real quick, we got uh, the Bears' secondary versus that Cowboys' passing attack, and we don't even know what's going to be a come of the Prince of Mucamara injury and how it's going to impact the secondary. Uh, so where does that kind of put you? Yeah, I,
3: I'm like, it's the toss-up right now. I think... Because the Cowboys, the Cowboys are going to move the ball. You guys, I think that much is known. But if Buster Screen has to be out of position, you bring in you know an inexperienced player in Kevin Tolliver, that that really makes life difficult for the Bears' secondary. So I will give it to the Cowboys. I think they have the weapons to really move the ball. But when it comes down to it, it's all going to be about stopping the run.
2: I think if we're fully healthy here and we had Prince, as much as we've been griping on him and he hasn't been playing to the same level that he did a season ago. I think I would have given the Bears a slight edge, but just because we don't know what's going to be happening with Tolliver and Screen and Prince, and it's all very fluid, which makes me wonder what they're doing in practice and if it's actually effective practices, because these are walkthroughs. And if you're having this position switch on a week, a short week with walkthroughs, I just don't know. It doesn't sit right with me. So I'm going to go ahead and give this edge to the Cowboys
3: as well. But Nick, who's going to be your X factor on defense? X-Factor, I'm going to go with Eddie Goldman. I think this is a guy, again, not very, not talked about as much, of course, on this Bears defense, but he's going to be huge in stopping, one, this Cowboys rushing attack, and he was getting after David Blau in that game against Detroit on Thanksgiving. So it's a guy that he could do a lot for this Bears defense, and he's going to have to be huge come Thursday night if the Bears want to come out with a victory.
2: Yeah, no really good stuff there for me. I think I'm going to with Roquan Smith. Uh, He's going to need to be all over to stop Zeke, not just against the run, but also uh, against the pass where he's very effective. Blowing up some of these screens, getting to the edge. These are going to be some big keys for the Bears this week. But I say that, but now that we're talking through this show, I'm thinking about want to abandon my notes, and it's going to be Buster Screen, Prince, or... Uh, Kevin Tolliver, whoever's over there and however that shakes out to me could very well be a deciding factor in this game and very much a next factor as well. But before we dive in, up next is going to be our weekly predictions. But real quickly, let's discuss the third phase. And Nick, I believe you have some interesting facts on a uh, not kicking battle between the two teams, but just some kicking woes that we're both having.
3: Yeah, so just to sum it up, the Bears and Cowboys are bad are bad bad teams when it comes to field goals um just reading uh, an article on the athletic brett Maher is the 35th ranked uh kicker out of 37 from the 30 to 50 yard range that's that's great for the bears but the only thing eddie pinero is actually ranked 37th out of you know field goal kickers 37 in that 30 to 50 yard range Uh, guys uh Cody Parkey is ranked two head two spots ahead of Maher, so that's showing you all the bad things that are happening on special teams in terms of what these two field goal kickers are bringing to this game on Thursday. And Brett Maher was a guy that missed two field goals indoors at Dallas. I have there's they should have no faith in him when it comes to kicking a field goal at Soldier Field, and the Bears should have no faith in Eddie Pinheiro when it comes to kicking at Soldier Field as well. So, and if it comes down to a kick. I don't know what's going to happen. I would maybe bet who's more likely to hit a field goal post than to actually make a kick.
2: <laughs> oh, gee. Uh, so for me, I'm looking at returning stats here for the Cowboys, and they've been, yeah, in that regard, they're allowing 10 yards per punt return. So if Street Cohen finds his compass and knows where North is, should be in good <laughs> shape there. And then they average about 24, 25 yards per kick return on average. So I have a good feeling that if – Cordero Patterson can get his hands on a few of these kickoff returns hopefully just one and it's just that either the first or the first thing at halftime uh, but yeah I think if we have a couple opportunities he could have the chance of busting out a big one I mentioned it a week ago against the Lions feel around the same kind of thing here against the Cowboys But let's go ahead enter the final segment of our show and like always Nick it's time to begin with our bold prediction so it's going to be your Bears Cowboys bold prediction
3: Bold prediction is that Anthony Miller finally gets in the end zone, not once, but twice, all in coverage with Jordan Lewis there. Um, I expect it to actually be over the middle too, so that's exactly where I expect Anthony Miller to attack this Cowboys defense, but he'll have two touchdowns the first of this season.
2: Nice. And, you know, against a Tampa 2 scheme, if you can bust the seam and get behind the linebackers and in front of the safeties, I think Anthony Miller can definitely eat up. Uh, this defense and that regard uh, my bold prediction bears are going to force three turnovers on defense and they'll take one of those to the house and if that's the case we should be in pretty damn good shape as well but hopefully that one comes true as well if both of ours come true nick we, we can hop in this post game show we'll be, <laughs> we can you know crack open a couple bottles celebrate another week of staying alive but uh, we'll get there we'll see how that turns out but who's going to be your mvb
3: prediction I've been talking about him all podcasts. It's Anthony Miller, but really it's going to be a combo. It's going to be a combo. Mitch Trubisky has to make the throws there. I want to see that chemistry continue. Uh, I'm on the hype train for those two guys because we expected so much out of those two coming into 2019. But really, when you look at it, it's going to be Anthony Miller getting that yak, those, those yards after the catch, just exploiting the middle area right in like you just mentioned it well right in front of the safeties behind the linebacker that's where I expect to Anthony Miller just do work but when it comes down to it I think he'll be the M V B of this one
2: huh, look at you you're hopping on my train I like it I, I mean I've been rolling with these so I'm very excited to say that my M V B prediction is going to be Miss Trubisky. Uh, Again, he doesn't need to have a world-beater type of game. I don't expect him to, but what I need to see out of Mitch and what I think he's going to provide us is clutch throws on third down. He's going to take care of the football, and we're going to see some confidence in and out of the pocket. He's going to not move around with a lot of... Uh, bad urgency. So he's not going to move around with panic, but just like that good urgency of he needs to make a play again. This is not a game where we need to see Mitch throw for three hundred and three touchdowns. This could be a game where he throws for less than 200 and that's exactly what the bears need in order to win. And that's what I expect. So for me, Trubisky is going to play an efficient game. One, he takes care of the football, doesn't give Dallas any extra possessions, picks his spots, helps the Spares be as successful as possible on third down, and that's why he'll be our MVP here in just two short days. Nick, are you ready to tell me who you have winning this game?
3: Yeah, I think at this point, I ha- you know, I'm riding this train. We're going to see where the Spares team goes. Obviously, the playoffs are still very slim, but they need to win this one. I think they do. I have the Bears winning, and I think it's going to be a close one, not as high-scoring as the 24-20 uh, affair that happened last Thursday, but I think it will be 17-14 Bears.
1: Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Quick out
3: of the victory and go to 7-6. and six.
2: Cool, cool. Uh, same thing as you. I'm riding this. I think one game at a time, I was watching the Cowboys and the Bills after we did our post-game show, and the one thing that just kept coming to me was the Cowboys are beatable. The Cowboys are beatable, and I believe the Bears, uh, they play up to their opponent or down. I don't know which way this one's going. They're both 6-6 six and six teams, so maybe they play even. But I have a winning two, 17-13.
3: Very similar. So, I mean, obviously both teams absolutely, they need this. Mm-hmm. They need this. So I think it's its going to be a very hard-fought matchup. It's going to come down, I think, to the you know last couple of minutes in the fourth quarter. But the Bears are at home. Dallas just with them it's they have all the playmakers they can have it's just I don't know mentally if this team is capable of battling adversity and pulling out a victory like some of the Bears I mean look the season hasn't gone like we thought it would but the Bears have shown some fight in some of these games even though their offense has been you know really bad this season so when you look, put all those factors into it I think the Bears do come out with a victory come Thursday
2: how confident what are you gonna put that
3: number at I'm going to put it at a six and a half. The Bears will will come away with this victory. There we go. I'm sitting here at a five point seven
2: seven. I wasn't really uh, specific for this game, but with play of hope still alive, and again, you said it. It's a slim chance. It's a long shot. But the Bears are going to give it their all in this game. They're going to fight to the finish. They're trending over the last month in the right direction. They've won three of their last four. And the Cowboys are going the opposite. They've lost three of their last four. So with Dallas being you know beatable, it's still gonna be a test, but this is a game where the Bears can win. All they need to do, protect the football, stick to the run, allow it to open up Trubisky through the air, and have that defense hold Dallas, you know, find a key turnover here or there. And we should be able to talk about a Bears victory. Is the Cowboys in finding ways to beat themselves? We know the Bears have had a stretch where they did the same exact thing this season. It's going to take both determination, it's going to take some discipline to win this game, and I believe the Bears are going to be on that right state of mind And don't forget, Nick, the Cowboys are playing in the cold. They don't like the cold. They're outside practicing in long sleeves in the 60-degree weather of Dallas. So if the Bears can go out there, smack them in the mouth early in that cold at night in Chicago, I think that can go a long way. And you know I work remote. My boss, he lives in Dallas. And I said, hey, you should fly up and let's go to this game. And he's like, "Uh uh-uh, it's too cold for me. Like He's like, (laughs) this is why I live in Dallas. He's like, that's way too cold. And I was like, see, I was like, this is going to be a real factor in this game. So, again, I really think that that could be a factor, and the Bears should find a way to win. So even though I'm only at like a little bit less than six, just because I never know which team's going to show up. But as I sit here today, if the Bears play to the level we know
3: they're capable of, they should find a way to win, Nick. They really should. Yeah, absolutely. They play like they do come the offense come like that third quarter Consistently, that's a whole different Bears team. So I think you put it all together, not have the coverage breakdowns that we've kind of been seeing, especially with a good offense like Dallas. That's going to be huge as well. But yeah, it's 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 going to be playoff atmosphere come Thursday night at Soldier Field, and I know that place is going to be rocking. So we'll just see, you know, how the Bears respond. Both teams need this, and it's a huge NFC matchup.
2: Speaking of a playoff atmosphere, real quickly, you know, you and I were going to a game. Bears, Chiefs here in just a couple of weeks. And, I mean, if the Bears win on Thursday, they beat the Packers. That's going to be a huge primetime game against the Chiefs. And we have one spare ticket, and we still have one week and a half, so nine days, until we give away that ticket via our raffle. So if you want to join Nick and I for that bears Chiefs game, head over to ChicagoAudible.com slash raffle. Again, on next week's game preview episode, we will be picking a winner to join us at that game. Section 117, row 12. You're only 12 rows in the field. It's going to be a great time. We want you to join us, so definitely do so because, like Nick said, this game's going to be a playoff atmosphere. You better believe against the you know Packers things are going to be up there. And then if that all comes to fruition, Bears Chiefs, Nagy, Trubisky, Mahomes, Andy Reid, it should be a lot of fun, and we want you to join us in on the action. All right, well, that's going to do it for this episode. I hope that you all enjoyed this game preview. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Make sure to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Stick around for Will Ingalls' five matchups to watch. And the next time that you hear from Nick and I will be as soon as that final whistle blows on Thursday night. But until then, bear down, Chicago.
1: Welcome back,
0: Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible. I'm your host for today, William Ingles, and I hope you all enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday as well as that Thanksgiving W. I know I really enjoyed that, watching with my family, something I don't always get to do. But obviously we are set up for a very big Week 14 matchup Thursday again against the Dallas Cowboys. And this is obviously going to be a big litmus test as to whether the Bears are for real or not. Obviously, you hope that uh, Trubisky continues his direction, that... uh, he took some positive strides in uh, last week's game, but obviously you're going against a little bit more of a complete team. Regardless of what you want to say about the NFC East, this would be the best team that Mitchell Trubisky himself has beaten, not counting that game against the Minnesota Vikings that Trubisky has beaten since uh, since the season has started. So obviously a big one here, but our first matchup and the majority of our matchups today are going to focus on the trenches. So let's just kick it off with matchup number one, Rashad Coward versus Malik Collins. And really, Malik Collins is kind of like an Eddie Goldman type, if you ask me, with a little bit more of a pass rushing ability. Collins, to me, is really that space eater for that Dallas Cowboys team up front, and that kind of you know one to three tech. He kind of uh, fluctuates around a little bit, but ultimately, he's that guy that's going to be your your hole clogger, your space eater, and that really uh, detriments uh, the running game for an offense if you're able to get that kind of penetration or able just to hold your ground in those types of situations. And really, to me, Rashad Coward has kind of been the weakest link on that offensive line. And really, you could say the whole thing's been weak to a certain extent. But I think Coward, bar none, is kind of the weakest link of that unit. And really, you cannot allow, uh, especially with that between a one and three tech, you cannot allow that position to really even hold their ground. You need some sort of positive movement from the offensive line to really jumpstart any type of running attack. And Malik Collins has proven at this point in the year that he can be a solid run defender. And even that, he's a decent pass rusher as well. I believe he's second on their team with four sacks on the year. So not only is he a force to be reckoned with in the running game, he's also someone to be reckoned with in the passing game. So it's going to be up to Rashad Coward. We need his best game of the year at the end of the day. It's going to be colder weather in Chicago. It's not going to be a normal dome team for Dallas. It's not going to be nice weather like in Dallas. So I imagine that they are going to lean on their running game They're going to do what works, which is lean on Ezekiel Elliott uh, on their end. And really for the Bears, it would help Trubisky a lot. And really, uh, Thanksgiving was the best, I would say, outside of the Chargers game, I'd say Thanksgiving is the best full game uh, running uh, performance that the Bears have had all year. So you're going to need to replicate that and really even make it a little bit better if you're going to want to play meaningful football in December and January. And that'll start if you ask me with the weakest link to this point for the Chicago Bears offensive line, Rashad Coward doing a good job against Malik Collins or whoever else they might flip around and put in front of him. But I to my knowledge, I think it'll be Malik Collins up there that he'll be seeing for the most part. Big trenches matchup to start things. Going to the Bears defensive side of the football, we have Khalil Mack versus Tyron Smith. And really for me, this this stems down to Khalil Mack not get not breaking his contain assignment. Because if there's one thing I've seen this year. He's done a relatively poor job of going too far upfield or just not being cognizant of his hand fighting while he's fighting at the line of scrimmage and giving up contain that way. And really, Dak Prescott's a guy that's going to punish you for doing that. I mean, I know overall, if, if you put Khalil Mack on a matchup, you're going to be talking about him you know, creating massive plays. And really, he needs to. This is why you bring in a guy like Khalil Mack to change games late in December and January because you need those types of plays to change games. You need those types of plays to put momentum back in your favor or maybe, you know, just end really an opponent's run at at maybe getting back into a game or maybe trying to seize momentum back. And to this point, six and a half sacks on the year. He really hasn't had the season that everyone has wanted him to have. Uh, People will point to Hakeem Hicks, but really... If, if you ask me, Khalil Mack needs to have a few more big plays per game. And you know That's the reason why he is Khalil Mack in the NFL. That's the reason why you bring in a top-tier pass rusher, is to create plays every game. I know he's affecting the game in double and triple teams, but you still expect at least one play where you're getting him home and creating some sort of uh, at least opportunity for a big play, whether that's a quarterback releasing the ball earlier than he wants to, or maybe you're even talking about you know uh, a lame duck type of throw. You're hoping you get one or two more of those out of him. And really, Tyron Smith, you know, he is a multi-time Pro Bowler. He's a fantastic tackle, but he has struggled this year. He has struggled this year against top-tier pass rushers. And really, if you're asking for a guy like Khalil Mack to do work, it's it's kind of he's on that tier that have really given Tyron Smith issues this year. I'm really expecting him to increase that six and a half sack number this uh, this game. But the biggest thing for me is that if you aren't able to get home, you have to not break your assignment, and that's giving up contain, and that's something that the Bears can absolutely not afford to do. With Excuse me, with a guy like Dak Prescott on the field, you know he did it a couple times letting David Blau, Blau break the pocket, and, and that was bad enough, you saw on Thanksgiving. If you're going to allow Dak Prescott to break the pocket, which say what you want about the Dallas Cowboys, but Prescott has been a very solid passer throughout this year. If you let him break the pocket, get that extra time, it's not going to go well for the Bears. So, huge matchup here. Obviously, Khalil Mack, one of the Bears' best players, going against really one of Dallas' best players, Tyron Smith. Both are having down years, but both have to step up for their team in what is the most critical game of their season. Now on to matchup number three. I have Cornelius Lucas versus Demarcus Lawrence, pass rusher for the Dallas Cowboys. And really, I don't know if Bobby Massey is going to be able to play or not. But really, I think last week Luke has kind of held his own for the most part. I think I don't have the most confidence in him. But to be frank, I don't have the most confidence in Bobby Massey either. But either way, they're going to be going up against someone who can really be a game breaker, and that's Demarcus Lawrence. He's one of those guys that has maybe one or two games a year that he just kind of you know really catches your eye, has some really explosive plays. But really, at the end of the day, for my notes here, Cornelius Lucas, he is the new guy. He's the person that, you know, Dallas Cowboys are going to try to target when it comes to a pass-rushing standpoint. And Demarcus Lawrence, 38 total tackles on the year, five sacks. He, sorry, I I was mistaken earlier, he is second on the team with five sacks, Um, and then Rashad Coward is third. Robert Quinn leads the team so far this season, and it is possible we see Robert Quinn kind of switch around a little bit, but... I feel like they'll be confident with having DeMarcus Lawrence on your yeah, I would say less proficient tackle while Robert Quinn does battle with Charles Leonard Jr. and I'm confident in Leno Jr. so far this year. I know Troy Aikman's saying that uh Leno Jr. is the most penalized guy or he's a penalty machine. And really I don't th- that's not very true because Leno for the most part has been relatively penalty free uh, Sands the first, you know, few games of the year where he had a rough start. I think he's been relatively effective since that point in the year. If you ask me, he's the best performer on that offensive line as a whole. But really, it's going to be the new guy coming in, and it's going to be going against, I think, a very explosive pass rusher. He's not the most consistent, and as far as Demarcus Lawrence is concerned, but he is someone who can break a game plan. He's someone who can break a game. And Cornelius Lucas, you have to be someone who not only wins ground in the rushing attack, you got to be someone who holds their own in the pass rush too it's someone like Mitchell Trubisky, you watched last week, he threw from a lot of clean pockets. And that's where you saw a lot of his success come from. You have to be able as an offensive lineman to give your quarterback, especially when a quarterback's been struggling, you got to give him that three to five seconds to be able to target people, especially if the Bears are going downfield, which hopefully Matt Nagy saw how effective it was to attack downfield as that game against the Lions progressed. Hopefully we can see a little bit more of that to start the game instead of, uh, you know, mainly fourth quarter action. But as far as Cornelius Lucas is concerned, you have to be able to give Mitchell Trubisky that time to execute those downfield pass plays. And like I said, you got to be able to win ground in the rushing attack. Otherwise, especially to the right side of the line, we have Rashad Coward and we have Cornelius Lucas. That's your right side of the line, right guard, right tackle. You know, if you win with those two spots, you're going to have a lot of effective runs. And and that's really, I think, what the Bears would like to do, set up play action. And that's how you attack the, you know, the intermediate to deeper spots in the field. And I think Matt Nagy really wants that to be accomplished with play action. The problem is he hasn't had that. So, therefore, he tries to set up the run with shorter passes, basically passes that are runs. Uh, or maybe just really short slants and uh Crossing routes just to try to, you know, substitute some sort of run game and then go downfield with play action. Problem is that just hasn't been affected at this point in the year. And really, it's just a lot easier if you can run the dang ball. And uh, that'll be a big thing for between Cornelius Lucas and Rashad Coward. Two of my five matchups, and, and that uh, I hope conveys to you. Uh, how important that I feel the run game is to establish, especially late in December. Uh, wh- you know, Obviously, the eyes are going to be on Mitchell Trubisky. I'm not denying that. I'm not denying he needs to play extremely well for the Bears to basically run the table at the end of the season. But really, you need to have a running game. And, and, and good playoff teams have run games to help supplement their offense. I can't really tell you the last time that a uh, Super Bowl team basically just...
1: Finally
0: Won a Super Bowl based on their passing attack alone. You, know, you think back, even to that Philadelphia Super Bowl where you know Nick Foles was going crazy in the playoffs. They got through those first few games because they had a at least a respectable rushing attack. Even though it was guys substituted in, like Jay Ajayi was doing some good work for them, and so on and so forth. They had a running back by committee approach, but they still had the running backs to get the job done. You know, you never go into a Super Bowl just being a kind of all-air-out team. I mean, that's kind of what happened to the Arizona Cardinals in 2015 when they had a great team with Bruce Arians. You basically had an air-raid offense, and, you know, some games your air-raid offense isn't going to pan out for you. you got to be able to turn around and hand the ball off to a guy like David Johnson, but they just didn't have that consistency in the run game down the stretch, and that really bites you when you get into December, January, and obviously the ultimate goal of February with the Super Bowl. So it's really something you're going to have to establish here. And it's something the Bears are going to have to establish doing forward if they want to be a serious playoff contender here. Well, uh, I hope you enjoyed that talk about run game because we're going to talk about the run game a little bit more here. But we're flipping sides here. Nick Kwiatkowski versus Ezekiel Elliott. And Kwiatkowski has played really well to this point in the season as a, in relief of Danny Trevathan. I don't think you can ask a lot more out of him. Except you're going to have to ask a lot more out of him because he's playing a top three back in Ezekiel Elliott, a guy who can really do it all. He can lower his shoulder and bull rush you over. He can uh, get in space and juke you out of your shoes, and even in the past game, he's really efficient too. Thirty nine grabs, three hundred twenty six yards, and the score so far this season. So if you ask me, the name of the game for Nick Kwiatkowski, is you got to close space, you got to condense the space, you got to be taking positive steps towards the line of scrimmage nearly every play. I know Jason Witten's a good security blanket, but at this point in the year, if you're shutting down Ezekiel Elliott and you're shutting down Amari Cooper, you're do, you're. Two steps in a very good direction to shut down the Dallas Cowboys as far as an offense is concerned. So really for me, take those positive steps and shut down that run game. And even in the pass game, I'm taking those positive steps towards the line of scrimmage. So that way I can make contact with Ezekiel Elliott before he gets deep into his route. That way you're disrupting the timing and you're disrupting where he's going to be on the field where Dak Prescott's obviously expecting him to be at a certain point. If you're creating a collision near the line of scrimmage, you're really messing that up to begin with. And if you're uh, kind of uh, condensing that space, even in the screen game, which obviously the Dallas Cowboys really love to do with Ezekiel Elliott, if you're condensing that space, it makes the screen game a lot harder to execute. So for me, Ezekiel, sorry, for Nick Wieckowski, condense that space, make a top three back like Ezekiel Elliott yeah, have to make a phenomenal play to get uh, to get away from you, and that's why you got to condense that space because those great backs know how to get away from you. But if you if you make that battle be in a phone booth, is which is a common phrase that we get, make that battle be in a phone booth instead of an open field, you have a lot better chance of winning. So Nick Wieckowski, tough task ahead, but if you can get into the space, I have a little bit more faith in him to execute the job, even though it will be very difficult objectively. And that brings us to our game-breaker matchup of the week. It'll be cornerback Kyle Fuller versus wide receiver Amari Cooper. And I know that we haven't, outside of just like mentions of Mitchell Trubisky and the Bears offense and the rushing game, I haven't even brought up David Montgomery. I know I haven't brought up the Bears offense a whole lot. But, you know, I think even in, under good circumstances, the Bears offense are going to put up 24 points. You know, at the end of the day, I think that's kind of where they're going to be, even if they're efficient even if they're doing well in the past game, even if they're getting a lot of first downs, there's just something about this Bears offense that seems to cap out at 24 points, you know, on a good day. So if you ask me, it's up to the defense to make sure that the Dallas Cowboys don't score over 24 points or over 20 points for that matter. So for me, you got I just talked about it earlier, you got to shut down Zeke and you got to shut down Amari Cooper. You shut down those two guys, you know, if you were watching the Sunday night game earlier this week, you know, it's just like for the Patriots, if you shut down James White In the past game, and you shut down Julian Edelman. You're a good length of the way there to shutting down the Patriots offense as a whole. And really, I think the Dallas Cowboys have a little bit more utility with other guys like Michael Gallup. And like I mentioned earlier, Jason Witten, as far as the security blanket are concerned. I do think you get a little bit more out of those guys as far as utility is concerned. But if you shut down these two guys, it's so much of their offense. You take 15 total touchdowns off the board. If you take out Ezekiel Elliott and you take out Amari Cooper so far in the year, Cooper's got 64 grabs, 971 yards, seven scores. And last week was probably one of Kyle Fuller's worst performances of the year uh, as a whole. And and give him credit, he kept in the game. And obviously that big stop, you know, that shoestring tackle, you know, on the goal line, forcing the Detroit Lions to get a field goal instead of scoring a touchdown. I mean, don't get me wrong, he stayed in the game. And that really, to me, you know, seals the fact that he's a consummate professional at this point. You know, he's no longer a young guy. That, to me, shows professionalism. You know, you're having a bad game, but you stay locked in, you stay aggressive, and, and you, you come away with the big play that really saved the game and really saved the bare season to this point. I think he's a consummate professional, but against Amari Cooper, you can't have those lapses. You, you know I think Kenny Galladay is a great receiver that you can't have lapses against either, but maybe because you're going against a third-string quarterback who's, Thrown only passes in the NFL preseason. Okay, maybe you taking your foot off the gas, even though you should not. You know, I but I can I can conceptualize that one a little bit. I can conceptualize, you know, in your first three plays of the game, you're not going to get a double move. I understand that. I understand that rationale. I understand Kyle Fuller's want to bite on those moves, especially with the young quarterback not thinking they're going to go deep a whole a whole lot. But Amari Cooper, you just got to be on top of your game. There is no excuses with Amari Cooper. You have to expect everything, and you have to be playing at the top of your game every single snap. We know Kyle Fuller can play at the top of his game every single snap. We watched him last year, and really for a lot of this year, he's done a lot of that work. You know, But obviously, you know Amari Cooper is going to be one of your biggest options when it comes to this offense for the Dallas Cowboys. It's going to be up to Kyle Fuller, and that's why it's my game-breaker of the week. You know, you're know, you going to have a lot of guys going against Ezekiel Elliott. It's not just on Nick Kwiatkowski. I think they'll try to isolate Kwiatkowski, but... You know, guess what? You got you got to get past a few guys on the defensive line, you know, first, no matter what. And you know how you, you watch Khalil Mack, you watch, you know, Akeem Hicks, you know, even though you got two to three guys on him, they can still break a play, you know. So that's why Ezekiel Elliott is my game breaker, you know. And, and like I mentioned, no matter what the Bears seem to do, they're going to score 24 points in the game. Unless the defense puts points on the board, then maybe we're talking a different story. But it looks like their ceiling's, you know, 24 points, no matter what kind of matchups you give them. So to me, This is why it's the game breakers. If I think there's going to be anyone who single-handedly kind of dismantles this Cowboys offense, it's going to be up to Kyle Fuller on Amari Cooper. And that's why he's got to be my game breaker of the week. And that will bring us to the weekly winning edge where we go through each and every matchup one more time to determine which player has the advantage in uh, the matchup this week. So we're going to go right back up to the top. Rashad Coward versus Malik Collins. And I got to give this one to Malik Collins. Uh, I'm I'm in a goofy dynasty league when it comes to fantasy football, um, and we do a full offense and a full defense. So trust me, I'm tracking Malik Collins. uh, I'm tracking his production each and every week. And really to this point in the season, he's been very effective for the Dallas Cowboys. And really to this point, like I said, Rashad Coward's kind of been that weak link for the Chicago Bears. So I'm giving Malik Collins this matchup here. You know, Dallas Cowboys 1, Bears 0 going to matchup. Number 2, Khalil Mack versus Tyron Smith. I think this is kind of the... The scenario, this is where Khalil Mack plays his best football, if you ask me. This is going to be late season. This is when all the chips are on the table. I think this is where you'll see his best football. And like I said, Tyron Smith has struggled against top-tier pass rushers this year. I think that continues. I give Khalil Mack this one. Bears tie it up one apiece. Cornelius Lucas versus Demarcus Lawrence. I really liked what I saw out of Lucas, for the most part, in that uh, Detroit Lions game on Thanksgiving when he was playing in relief of Bobby Massey. I really like what he's shown so far. I hope he keeps an aggressive nature because really at the end of the day for the Bears, I think you got to win positive space in the run game. And if anything, that gives you a little bit of leeway to sit back in your uh, pass set as a tackle. So I think I like Cornelius Lucas in this matchup. I think it's a little bit of an upset alert as far as, you know, what you would think of as far as matchups are concerned. You know, you got a new guy versus someone who's shown a lot of explosiveness throughout the season. But I like Lucas in this situation. I'm going to take him, Bears, take the lead 2-1 in matchups. But i got to give it right back to the Dallas Cowboys. Nick Kwiatkowski, I think, has played out of his mind so far to this season. But if you're going to isolate Ezekiel Elliott and Nick you know, even in, in space or just on a one-on-one situation, that is not an easy guy to bring down. I don't take a lot of linebackers or players in general in the NFL to win a one-on-one situation with Ezekiel Elliott. It's really up to the Bears as a whole to make sure that that doesn't happen a whole lot. Um, but at the end of the day, a lot of times, you know, you're going to have a one-on-one tackling scenario, and that's going to go to a linebacker, especially in a Chuck Pagano defense that, if you ask me, gives a lot of freedom to those linebackers. So I'm giving it 2-2 two to two in favor of the Dallas Cowboys. And that brings us to our game breaker, you know, and, and this is going to be a fun one. You know, I had uh, Kyle Fuller on a lot of game breakers, I feel like, as uh, as the season went on last year. And we're in that situation again, where you're going to have one big weapon that you know, uh, you know, that your quarterbacks are going to trust coming down the stretch, and that's obviously Amari Cooper for this Dallas Cowboys team. And at the end of the day, I think Kyle Florida is going to be someone who can come through. You know, I think this is someone who played a lot of clutch football towards the end of last season, and I think really to this point, those clutch moments haven't been there because I don't think uh, there's been a lot of opportunity to provide them for that defense. Uh, uh, you know, outside of you know some really big takeaways. But I think overall, Kyle Fuller's played some really good football this year, and I think on the prime time stage, we'll see him continue that prime. To, we'll see him continue that brand of football for everyone to see. I'm not sure if it'll result in you know a big signature takeaway, but I do think that he'll be able to suppress Amari Cooper's effectiveness uh, on this Thursday night game. So that's how I have it: three to two matchups in favor of the Chicago Bears. I have him keeping their season alive in a really tight one. But you know, there's something about December football at Soldier Field in the cold weather. I think this one will be close. I think it'll be a little ugly, but I think the Bears come out on top by a narrow margin and continue the March 7-6 on to the next week, uh, which you know we'll have a lot to talk about going ahead if the Bears are able to win this game. But like I said, hope you all had a good Thanksgiving holiday. Happy to be talking football with you guys again. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we'll talk to you again for more matchups next week. But until then, bear down, Chicago. <laughs>